Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. So what are we talking about today, Natasha, in our Wednesday weekly whip. Oh, I love that I never say it this week. (laughs) Whip stands for work in progress. And today we are speaking about imposter syndrome. So big topic. I think it's an extremely topical topic as I would say every single person that I've spoken to or brought it up with has experienced it at some point, regardless of where you are, who you are, everybody has experienced a form of imposter syndrome. it's never who you think either. Mm -hmm. Some of the most confident, brilliant women and men, but we're so with general ladies, (laughs) but some of the most brilliant people in the world have experienced it, which gives me a bit of a comfort, but also it makes me feel like it's a topic that definitely needs a little bit of exploration. Absolutely. So what is imposter syndrome? Okay. Feeling like an imposter, it's a weird one to kind of tackle because it's basically defined as doubting your abilities, feeling like a fraud. It's disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it really difficult to accept their accomplishments. Yeah, I think the best way to say it is, you know, you've got a high performer who's always looking at that next goal, next goal, they've reached the goal. And then it's like, whoa, am I meant to be here? Is this... Am I deserving? Yeah, yeah. Is this real? (laughs) I think I sent you a quote the other day and it kind of encapsulates imposter syndrome perfectly. And it was something along the lines of lazy people do a little work and they think they should be winning versus winners work as hard as possible and still worry if they're being lazy. I love that. That's, yeah, yeah. I remember you said that to me and I was like, wow, that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it to you specifically, but (laughs) I think that encapsulates how People who with imposter syndrome feel they're working their ass off, Mm -hmm. they're running a million miles an hour, and even then they still believe that they shouldn't be there or they're not good enough. Absolutely. And it's like, well, who experiences it? Everyone. Everyone experiences it at some point, regardless of where it is, what it is. Yes. And also there was an article, I think it was a Forbes article from a, a few years ago, where they spoke about it being a power gap for women. And this is one of them because women often don't recognize their special talents, abilities, or their gifts. Yeah. Especially because I think for a lot of women, what their gifts are, a lot of the time people don't necessarily mark them as like a skill. Absolutely. I agree with that. I think that the other thing is that I've heard a lot is, and this is generalizing, but whatever, is the fact that women are less likely to back themselves. So say they're going for a promotion. They're more likely to say, I'll prove it to you and then I'll get my promotion or then I'll get my pay rise or whatnot. Whereas men are more likely to go into the, the you know, the interview and say, give me a pay rise and then. Yeah, because happen. I deserve it. Because I deserve it. And, and yeah, men absolutely do deserve it. It's not about that. Just back themselves more. That's exactly what it back is. back themselves more. That's, that's the difference. And I think that's what needs to change. I think we need to be able to back ourselves more. And I've definitely done it before. I've knocked back a pay rise before because I felt like I didn't deserve it. 
I remember. I That's remember. crazy when you think about it, though. What is the version of events where someone's like, "Here, take more money," and you're like, "No, thanks. I, you know, I haven't like done twice often." No, to I, deserve I, it. and I, look at that point, I needed the money. It wasn't as if I was at any point I needed the money, but I was younger. It was my first job. I think I was like two years into the job, or about a year and a half, and. I shocked my boss like no other. He could not believe after he brought me down excited to tell me about this pay rise. I said, no, one of the things that you asked me to do, which at the time was the website that he'd asked me to do something, it just didn't land the way I wanted it to. And it didn't, it wasn't achieved to the expectation that I set for myself. And I rejected it. I said, you know, I respectfully reject this. Can we have another chat in three to six months? And yeah, and we did. And look, I ended up staying at that job for years and years and years and years and years. I'm still in it. So it did work out well in the long run, but yeah, it was a time I don't regret it, but it is a huge factor in imposter syndrome. Like I look at it now and I was like, wow, I worked my butt off. (laughs) Why did I do that? Like I was working my butt off to get that. Yeah. it's. I think it's a very interesting thing to recognize. So we know that it affects women and a lot of it is to do with another thing of it is an identity threat. So it really does perpetuate gender stereotypes more than anything else, this imposter syndrome, because I talk about it with my husband a lot. I always say to him, I'm like, I I feel like I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough. And this is something that, you know, this is a work in progress. This Mm -hmm. is something that everyone needs to tend to. If you have experienced it in the past, it's not something that goes away when you get the promotion or when you become the leader or the manager or you start the business or you start three businesses at once or whatever you're doing. It's something that you are – Honestly, always having to work on. I'm being very vulnerable here in saying this because, yeah, there are mornings when I wake up, I'm like, that wasn't good enough or I'm not good enough. And you're so hard and you set these milestones for yourself. I remember, again, another story is when I started – the business snacks with bite and you know I got the news articles and they're in the daily mail and you know in all the places things I had dreamt of but I remember when I saw it I cringed because like oh my god I don't deserve that like why are they doing these like rah, rah. I don't know it's, it was like this weird imposter syndrome like I shouldn't be there and I can't explain it it's not right and it's something that needs like you said needs to be worked on but it's hard it is it really is I think I want to talk to our audience about our own personal anecdotes of imposter syndrome. So that was definitely one for you. For me, I feel it a lot when I go to an event or when someone asks me about what I do for work. So for context, I've been in e-commerce for nearly 10 years. I am a head of marketing and I look after a whole range of different things. But because I've always worked for smaller to medium-sized businesses and now in a larger business, I always felt like I should know more. I should know a million things more. And when I go into a room with my peers, what I always feel quite vulnerable about is the idea that potentially they know more and they are the expert mm-hmm. in something. Yeah. And they sit there and all day and they like focus on that one thing. Whereas if you're in a smaller workplace and people who are entrepreneurs or people who have worked in startup cultures will know that you're working on 50 different things at once when you're in a smaller workplace. So being a specialist Versus the generalist. I was yeah. just about to say that the generalist first specialist argument, which is, you know, and I, and I completely can understand what you're saying. It's mm. just you go into like a room full of people, part of bigger businesses, and they're like, you know, I'm a senior SEO specialist. And you're like, I'm head of marketing. And it kind of just feels like, okay, so what is it? Like, what are you actually expert in? And it's such a, and I can only say this from experience. I'm not mm. saying that's your experience, but my experience was the exact same. It's daunting walking into a room. So like, okay, yeah. so how much do you know about this? And 
that's your own projection of yourself. Like the fact that you're able to lead a team of specialists is, mm-hmm. is hugely impressive. And what they do is impressive and everyone's impressive in their own way. It's just you getting in your own head. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's getting your own head, getting your own weight. But for me, that's my personal experience. With imposter syndrome, the biggest thing would be feeling like there's a shortcoming somewhere in the abilities that I have compared to my peers. Yeah. What about you? What you just said about the title, to this day, every single person that I meet when they ask me what I do for a job, even when I owned a business, even now a general manager of a business, I was just say, I will say I'm in marketing. I would never tell them my role ever. And I don't know why. I can't explain this. I was going to say why. It's niche. It's a, it's, a niche. it's a little niche thing. But to this day, like I went and got my eyebrows done the other day and she's like, oh, so what do you do for work? I was like, marketing. I don't know why. I just feel like because, and, I, and for years, I've been a general manager for five years now and I still to this day will just say I'm in marketing and I just think, yeah, I think it's because I was a general manager so young and when I compared myself to a general manager at like, you know, a big, huge company, I knew that I wasn't that person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't have... But you I, serve the needs of the business and I think that's a really interesting one. A lot of people, and this may not be something that affects women alone, but I think a lot of people get caught up on what something or someone should look like. It's a perception thing. It's a perception it's completely thing. right. I was more concerned about if I said general manager, they're going to be like, you're like under 30, you're not a general manager, mate. Like I just, and again, in my head, I don't know why, but for some reason it would always, and I still do it now and it's something that I'm working on now because I just feel like, I don't know, weird. I'm definitely not young anymore, but still, you're pretty, still, you're pretty young. I still, I still don't feel like, I don't know. And that's, this is the whole point of it. It's just like kind of just, being really honest about how you feel about it all and and yeah we're literally laying it all out here and I think it it is important because a lot of people walk into a room and a part of imposter syndrome is being able to find a way to be confident within yourself and we'll address confidence you know in another episode another time but it is a part of being able to back yourself being able to believe in yourself and knowing that you have the ability that is just as much as other people but I think a big part of this is addressing it and talking about it because when it lives in your head you think shit there is no one else in the world that is going <laughs> I'm alone. This. Everybody else is so capable and so far advanced. And it's actually, it's true in the way that people are doing a great job, but so are you. You don't know unless you talk about it. Is that what you exactly. said before? People, and I know from looking, from working with Penny, but people just, her whole team looks up to her like she is. And because she is, she's deserving of every second of the admiration that she gets from her As peers. But it's just more, you know, you can tell someone that so much. You can keep kind of telling them, but you've got to find that within yourself because otherwise it just feels mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're just being nice. Even if you like, you could do anything and it's just, you've got to find that within yourself. Absolutely. no one can else can tell you. That's so true. I think we know what it is and these are our experiences of it. So how does someone, I guess, reduce imposter syndrome? It's like, now what? Thanks, ladies. I now know I have imposter syndrome. Cool. You've made me uncover something that I didn't think I had. You have it. Congrats. This is how to deal with it. Yes. So a big one for me. If you have a feeling that you're not able to cope or you're not able to do your job to the best of your ability, you're feeling like shit, you're feeling like you don't know what you're doing, my biggest piece of advice is to offer help to others. Why do I say okay. that? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a bit of a weird one, but it is triggering yourself and testing yourself on how much you know. Okay. I had an experience recently where this 
this amazing woman. Like she's a, a little bit older than me. She's had this incredible career. If I met her like on a judging panel or if I met her in the street or she told me what she did at a networking event, I would be like, oh, I, in awe. I would not hold a candle to this woman. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. honestly, like a really cool woman and just really smart and understands a level of business that hopefully I get to one day, but I don't feel like I'm there yet. She asked me for advice on something to do with e-commerce and something to do with digital marketing. And it was only when I was asked for advice, when I was able to help someone else in service of others, that I realized what I actually knew. Like, wait a minute, I actually know my stuff. You remember this? I came after <laughs> yeah, that meeting. I was, was sweet, out yeah. in my car. Yeah. And I was on the phone for you're about pumped, I as you pumped. should be. Yeah. Because that's the secret. When you're feeling anxious about something, when you're feeling about stressed about something, two things are helping other people does. One, it takes your mind and your brain off you, off yourself, yeah. off your internal dialogue. Yeah. And the second thing, it proves to you, well, hang on a second, I do know things because it's a very low risk situation. No, you know, I get that. I think what you said then about filling your mind, like taking your mind off it I think that's really important because you can get in your own mind but if you're distracting yourself with you know whether it's meetings or helping others or listening to podcasts things like that I think help you kind of set that positive light and not allow those voices in your head to just take over mm-hmm. I know this will be an unpopular one because some people don't agree with it but oh I love this one I think this is this is you go for it, you say it. just, it's fake it until you make it what I mean by that is I like to Oh, wow. I'm getting really vulnerable in this one. Hello, everybody. I like to kind of picture who I want to be. Like when I'm walking into that room, I picture, okay, if who after leaving that meeting would I be really proud of? I like to visualize that person. Who's that person when I walk out? I'd be like, wow, she did an amazing job. And that's what I mean by fake it to you make it is like visualizing that person without having to live it first and you go in there and even if you're not confident it's like it's just telling yourself that no it's going to be fine that's what's going to happen that's going to be the end result it's all going to be fine because at the end of the day if it's not you're going to find out soon enough anyways (laughs) so you may as well just tell yourself it's going to be fine before you go in there fake it to you make it tell yourself if you're not feeling like you are this boss person Tell yourself you are. Just walk in there and be like, I am about to absolutely smash this because in my experience, I thought that's what's always helped me is kind of being that person or pretending to be that person that I want to be until I become it. I think that that is such a powerful thing. It's how you like cultivate that subconscious of yourself, that attitude, that feeling of competence because, you know, okay, you may not be that right now, but you, you might not feel like you are. You might not feel like you are. I think that's the difference. And that goes back to imposter syndrome. You might be that person that you're visualizing but not realizing it. And yeah. that's the most important thing is you might never get to the point where you're like, I am an amazing boss person who's killing this world. But I think like at least if you can kind of start visualizing yourself and yeah. start being kinder to yourself as you walk into these situations – it's only a positive. Yeah. And there's a couple of different techniques that you can do to try that. One thing I, I've tried out, this is probably going to be cringe to some people, but I'm going to get ready for it. We're ready. This. We love the cringe. It's power posing. Oh, okay. okay. Wow, that's almost as good as dancing at a network event, Penny. It's almost up there. Don't be afraid. It's not what you think. It's not something to do in public. Okay. Like the horrifying dancing at networking events. Okay. No, no, no. I'm ready. So there's this 
theory that if you go and stand in the mirror before a meeting, you do like a power pose, like picture a Superman pose. I'm just going to look at the camera right now. Mm-hmm. Hi. Look at this. Okay. It yep. actually helps you okay. with your level of confidence. It, okay. it, it's, it's like a, a body language thing that's able to actually transport you. So don't knock it till you try don't it. Don't knock it till you try it. You can let me know. Tag <laughs> it me if it works. I'll try you. it. Next time you're feeling stressed before a meeting. But it is, it's a shift in your actual way, in your stance, in your body yeah. that actually improves your confidence and how you're feeling. It's like Worth a, a try. positive body movement. Enjoy that. Okay. My next tip is talking to your peers about how you feel about imposter syndrome. And this is similar to the reason why we're talking about today, vulnerability and being able to talk about with your peers, you will see and recognize that other people feel this way. It's not just you. Yeah. And you get comfort from that. You get comfort from seeing that other people, you know, you don't want to know that people are upset as well, but it's sharing that vulnerability. But it's also like seeing that other people who you think are absolute killers. Yeah kick ass at their jobs yeah. and feel the same way. They have the same vulnerabilities like that, as you. Well, then maybe there's a chance. Like it's that thing of that you're comparing yourself to somebody else and in that maybe you're realizing. Like if you turned around and said to me, well, you have today, but if you've turned around and said to me, I've, I feel like this sometimes. And I'm like, how? Tash is an absolute superstar. But that's what But the same thing when you – like it's like that when you hear – Anyone I've and I've heard you know people that I looked up. You know, they say don't meet your heroes, but I do a podcast with mine. But I think it's more like when someone that you do look up to kind of leads you with vulnerability and says like, "Wow, I've been there. Don't worry, you are not alone. This stuff happens. Happens to all of us. You recognize that." And at the end of the day, it's just about pushing forward and pushing forward. I think one of the biggest tips that I can ever give is similar to what Penny said before, but a really practical one is fill your head with positive things. So whenever I feel down, I will literally look up or like down in confidence at work or whatnot. You listen to Savage Garden. I do listen to Savage Garden. Thank you so much. And it's break me, shake me if you're ever feeling like it's not really. That's that not was, really the uplifting song that people that wanted. Was, but That um, was my sad COVID song. Please, no judgment. However, outside of Savage Garden, which top 1% Spotify year on year and don't want to brag. The cloud is there. I don't know if that's a brag or not. But what I do do is I will look up in Audible is books on Mm self-confidence or episodes on podcasts and I'll just look up on in the search column self-confidence. And I've got a really short attention span, as I mentioned in other episodes, but what I will do is even if I'm not really listening to it, I would rather have that playing in the background mm. of people talking about it's self-confidence. It's like the subconscious It's the subconsciousness. It's listening to people talking about like, you've got this, this is what you do, if you've ever been here, rah, rah, rah. Like just start the book. It might feel like, I don't know, I don't know why it's cringy, but it might feel cringy to look at a book on self-confidence, but it's not cringy at all. I highly recommend it. Yeah, you have to kind of get over that part of it. Like self-help is a good thing. Oh, that's stuff I was never, never, never I, do. I, not, I mean I more like the, you know, sometimes you look it up and it's oh, like, yeah. I don't know, it's like, ooh, like you're the best, Go talk to yourself in the mirror. And like that stuff makes me awkward. But I believe 
you've got to respect the process. If you haven't tried it, don't knock it. Power pose in the mirror. Do your thing. Power pose in the mirror. I'm telling you. You can't knock it till you try it. I'm going to look up the study on power posing just to kind of I'm telling you, I feel like there's a lot of things that you might look at sometimes and be like, oh, that's a bit cringe or whatever. But at the end of the day, it is helpful. All these things are helpful. The only person thinks it's cringe is that little silly voice in your head being like, don't do that, don't try that. Try it, have a go, fill your head with positive things. Listen to if it's not necessarily like self-confidence that you want to look into, honestly, listening to, you know, funny podcasts, just things that are going to get yourself out of your head essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, our next tip. This one is a really good one. I feel like people should do this more often. It's recognizing that given your success, others must not see you as a fraud. For example, if you're in a manager's position, like my name's Penny, I'm having a hard time at work, I'm mm-hmm. feeling like I'm not good enough. Well, given the the fact that I've been doing this for 10 years and Absolutely. given the fact that this is my job title, at some point in life, I must have done something right. And I think you need to really lean into that because if you're a person that's not going to believe yourself, well, then here's where you can look to history, look to your past to know that you're doing a good job. Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. And look at using like your mentors, your colleagues, your friends to help remind yourself of your capabilities and your successes. Ask people that you trust from work, from your personal life to reinforce this. This is where I go to Tash and say, hey, Tash, am I good enough? No, I think I always say, to anybody that I've ever worked with you will never ever ever have to wait for a performance review for me to sit down and tell you mm. you know if something's not right you never have to sit there anxiously and be like oh one time a year someone will tell me whether I'm doing my job right like I think you need to have these direct conversations with people and to help challenge them and lift them up but also to help them get that little voice out of their head that's saying you're not good enough or you're not doing this right because I've always said the one thing that you can trust with me and my management is that I'm always going to be honest. If I feel like things could have been done better because I trust you enough to be part of the team and you're a good person, then let's just have a chat about it. All right, look, maybe this wasn't up to expectations. We've all been there. Why? Is something up? In the case that someone doesn't have a manager who's open as you, find that person that you trust. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a manager. I got that probably all from my mum and like similar, I'm sure, with your relationship with your Mm mum, how you are. Like we're our mums are like our best friends where we can go to them at any point in time and just be like, am I not good enough? (laughs) What's happening? And um, someone tell me I'm not shit, please. Yes, yeah. (laughs) And uh, like my mum's always been the person who's just like, but why? Why, why do you think like that? That's dumb. Yeah, well, That's your silly. mom's a boss. Yeah, she's just like, why? Why are you thinking like that? You've got to back yourself because you've got to be your biggest supporter. And if you, it's not, I think where imposter syndrome comes into it is sometimes ambition can seem like arrogance, but ambition and arrogance are two different things. And when you're saying to yourself, you know, I've done a really good job, this is really good, that's okay. Mm. You're allowed to pump your that's own tires. <laughs> yeah, we encourage you to pump your own tires. And I think one of the ways to reduce imposter syndrome is that, is remembering that you're allowed to pump your own tires. You're allowed to say, hey, I did this thing. I'm really proud of myself. That's not arrogance. That's you being proud of yourself. And that's something that we should all do. And I think I encourage everybody at the end of this episode to have a real think about, okay, what is something that I'm really proud of that I've achieved in my career? And that little thing that you have there, you just think about it. Whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, think about that moment where you're like, wait a minute, though, I did that. Yeah. I did that. I'm so proud of that. And if you can't think of it, for whatever reason, 
one, ask someone who can, or two, create that moment. Create that moment. If you're early in your career and you're thinking, okay, I'm really, really early, I haven't got that moment yet, create it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's still time. My it's not my last. It was one of my last tips. <laughs> I lied to you all. Okay, one of my other tips would be when you do have a win in life, document them. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I actually have a this is vulnerable times. Yeah. But I do have a list of things of achievements for myself. Because as you I should. have a memory like a goldfish mm-hmm. and I will forget them. As you should. But if I have something good happen to me, I, I do write it down and I write down like this is a moment I feel really proud of myself. I've That's done good. something good. So I would say confidence is a muscle. You build it up. Yeah. You don't walk in like the day you're born and you're like, yep, I'm ready to go with this. So Absolutely not. you need to train yourself. And the way that you do it is if there are things that you're proud of jot them down for yourself put it in your phone create yeah. that little list for yourself get that going and i promise you that that will be a muscle that you will build and strengthen yeah no i really like that and what you said about the confidence thing like i do forget we're very new to this podcast world and I forget who I'm talking to. I'm talking to everybody. You know, when I'm talking into this microphone, I'm talking like it's, you know, my best friend and we're chatting and we're blah, 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 and the same advice or things that I'd give my best friend. But I'm in a very different place in my career where I've been in, in the working world for a while. And, you know, that's that's the reason that we've been able to build that muscle. It's definitely not, I'm definitely not, you know, a bodybuilder with a confidence muscle, but we've had the years to be able to grow that muscle. Yeah. So if you are in earlier in your in your career or you haven't gone to the workplace yet and potentially you're working in all different areas, maybe it's casual or it's a little bit harder, it still applies. This advice still applies. It's just in a different way. It's still a muscle that you need to work on. It's still something that you need to work on, whether it is going back, power pose, looking in the mirror, telling yourself stuff. You know what? I reckon after this we take a photo of you power posing and we upload it and then everyone has to write the power pose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge my confidence. No, that's great. I love it. Okay. So one of our other tips would be do the same for others. All of this stuff, all of these compliments that you're giving, recognize it in other people. I don't want to say it's on the same level as doing charity work, but there's something good about doing this for others. It's being kind. It's being kind. It's, again, it also helps your brain be trained for what to look for. Yeah. Like what are you seeing as, as a success in other people? And hopefully along this way, like not only are you lifting other people up, which is always going to be a good thing, for I feel like for your self-esteem in general, mm-hmm. but it's also going to remind you and sort of trigger something for you on your own successes. Absolutely. And I think when you are doing that, be specific with your compliments and with, with the success. I think like sometimes people can be really generic, like, oh, you're doing a really good job, you're doing this, you're that. But like I think what's so powerful sometimes is when somebody sits yeah. down with you, regardless of who it is, and sits down with you and go like, you know, what you did here was really special. That really impacted me. That one moment that you did there or that one thing that you did in the workplace these little things that are quite specific rather than just like, you know, they're quite generalized. Well, they're still amazing. And make, like a compliment's a compliment. I'm like never, you're never going to go wrong with a compliment. But if there was a way to kind of double down on that, it would be to be really specific with it and bring up a moment that's really special because those things, I don't know about you, but they stick with me. I can still remember certain times where maybe I haven't felt that great and I've had, you know, a boss or a manager come to me and be like, Tash, when I saw you in that meeting, I was so proud. The way you handled everyone, the way you spoke this. And I'm like, what, me? Like, it's so exciting because you're like, wow, you actually saw me in that meeting. You actually saw me do that thing. Like, you just get so elated by it. And it's just such, yeah, I, it's spreading that to other people and being able to do that is really special. Mm, I agree. 
I would say the final one would be to go big on celebrating your successes. This is my favorite one. You must celebrate the wins, no matter how big or small they are, no matter how you celebrate, whatever your way of celebrating is, do it. Whether it's going out for dinner, whether it's, you know, it's having a drink, whether it's whatever it is, having a champagne, whatever it is, there is no little milestone that's too little for you to celebrate. I think all things should be celebrated, no matter how big or small. Life is short. Celebrate whatever you can. I would say we are masters of celebration. <laughs> we literally <laughs> celebrate the opening of an envelope. I'm like, woohoo, it's Wednesday. But, okay, if I had to say superpower, let's talk about it. Celebrating. That, that one is. We can celebrate. No, because you know what? It is such an underrated thing. If you are able to celebrate big and small things in life, you don't know how that changes someone's day Absolutely. or someone's trajectory of their life or whatever. Be cool for a little celebration. Yeah, but I agree. I did something for my husband the other day. I, I'm really proud of him. He's, you know, working really hard. He's hustling all the time. He's doing a really great job. And I was like, this should be recognized. Absolutely. And it's a small thing. Wrote him a little card. Mm, I love that. And it's like, you know, it doesn't, it's a card. What does it cost? No, yeah. It's, it's the thought. It's a thought. But it's also like that gives a moment of pause to turn around and say, okay, something that I did is special and important and worth of recognition. Absolutely. And if you haven't got a person in your life that is able to do that for you, you need to be that person for yourself. Absolutely. Or for others. Yes. Sometimes, you know, it's not really in people sometimes. Like some people have rather, we can be quite extra when it comes to like, (laughs) when it comes to gift giving, we're in the gifting business. Like when it comes to gifting, you know, or not gifting, but like those little thoughtful things, like we've been in the industry for a while now. So it kind of becomes like second nature. Mm. But for people that might not, this doesn't come as second nature. It's completely fine. You start doing it for someone else. You start doing it for a lot of someone else's you just start giving people these thoughtful times whether it's a note whether it's a flower you've picked whether it's just a text message just being like to your best friend hey I just want to say I'm so proud of you mm. you're amazing the little things like that are just so special and I think that's what can help overcome that imposter syndrome for other people and for yourself yeah be that change that you want to see in the world it's Love it's that. a cliche but it's true for a reason no that is excellent So that is our episode on how to identify and reduce imposter syndrome. If you liked what you heard today, please rate, please share, please subscribe to the podcast. It means the absolute world to us. Please. And thank you so, so, so much for listening. We will see you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.